Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 158. Our guest today is Paul Casey. Paul has been a professional speaker for over 24 years and one of the leading authorities on leadership and personal growth. He has spoken with organizations like McDonald's, Subway, and Northwest Public Power. Paul has also written three books, The Static Cling Principle, Maximizing Every Minute, and Leading the Team You've Always Wanted. Through his company, Growing Forward Services, Paul has partnered with his corporate and individual clients to transform their vision, their habits, and their lives. Good morning, Paul. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning and welcome from Eastern Washington, where the sunshine is not like Seattle. It's <laughs> a great place to be. I hope everybody can be in sunshine. Tell me from the Spokane area and traveling the world, what have you been seeing around the industry regarding small businesses and business owners? What are they up against? Well, I'm seeing a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress in uh, business leaders, whether they're solopreneurs or middle managers or CEOs. It doesn't matter across the board, um, whoever I'm coaching, whether that's for one-on-one or in small groups or team building, it's just a lot of stressed out people or frustrated that they're not getting their priorities done. And it's a lot of their personal priorities not getting done as well as they're just so swamped at work and you can just see it on their faces. It's amazing. I've seen this too, that it just keeps coming up that even though things are stable, that they're still not getting to everything they need to. And they have all of these interruptions coming up and everything's a priority one. So tell us where are you finding some solutions and what's caused you to research this and dive into it so deeply? Yeah, I guess I'll back up to, I was a, uh, I started out as a teacher, fifth grade teacher. And my mom was a teacher before me, and I always observed her doing something while she was doing something. You know, she was always grading papers while watching TV or making bulletin boards while doing something else. And uh, even though I knew all the stress of teaching, I still went into that as a profession. And I have that personality style of, of always being busy, always maximizing my time. Then I became a vice principal at a school. And my boss was pretty disorganized, loved him as the mentor, but his office looked like a bomb in it. And I came in one day and I said, can I help you with that? You know, all those piles. And he goes, hey, take a crack at it. I'm going on, going to a conference. So I organized his piles and had memos in the days of memos and, and reading material and, and had it all pristine and proper for when he came back. Well, within weeks, he was back to his old ways. But I found a document there called the Organized Executive. I don't even know if it still exists but it was a time management pamphlet that had all these little hacks in it. And that started my journey when I was like 22 years old. How can I be more efficient and maximize my time and live intentionally? And that's where it all began. So now I've been studying it for 20 or 30 years now and just keep modifying and making things better. And now I realize that all of my clients at some level, if I follow the rabbit back to its hole, they have a time management issue. They're not doing the things they want to do or they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, and so it's a constant quest. And you mentioned this organization side. I'm always fascinated this correlation between visual clutter 
and organizational and schedule clutter. They seem to be very tightly coupled. Do you see that too? I do. I think clutter just sort of screams at us, you know, like, like this silent scream of like, deal with me, deal with me. And and there are some personality styles that can't move on. Like I cannot move. I'm looking at my desk right now and there's a pile and it's already stressing me out just looking at it. Like I've got to get to that pile before I do anything else today because it just blocks me from my best self. And so I think when we have surfaces that are covered with stuff, it does block our productivity. So one of those things I think we have to tackle first is our paperwork pile. And I remember from the organized executive, a little acronym called TRAF, T-R-A-F. And it's like, you herd it all into a pile, like sweeping leaves into a pile in the fall. And then one at a time, you traff it. T is toss. R is refer to somebody else. A is act on it immediately if it takes less than two minutes. And F is file. And I followed that mantra for my whole life. So, Paul, I'd like to dig into this a bit. I mean, we're so excited to have you on today because this topic, I look at it as sort of the pursuit of better time management. I think that this might be the single biggest challenge of the information age. You know, it was always a challenge, but I think it's being accelerated more than ever because we have so many things maliciously sometimes competing for our attention, right? (laughs) You know, and then we have business owners and typically we don't come from some sort of entrepreneurship pedigree where we've always been business owners. Most of us come from another workplace where a lot of what we did every day was dictated for us and a lot of the deadlines were created for us and we simply had to figure out how to get there where now we have to operate in the space of creating our own structures, creating our own deadlines, and more importantly, creating ways to actually adhere to that path, right? So the process, and I love the way that you think about this, where do you find your clients really struggling as they move towards implementation? Yeah, and that sense of overwhelm, boy, you described it really well because there's there's not as many hard deadlines, there's artificial deadlines that we have to create. So I, I totally concur with what you said about as business owners, we have to set those ourselves. So yeah, I would say the struggle is the day gets away from people. So because we go right into our email first thing in the morning and we go down the rabbit hole or because there's so many fires to put out, I keep hearing this phrase, I have so many fires to put out. And that's the red flag for me. Like, oh, I want to dig in there with you. Like, let's find out what those fires are. And let's try to get ahead of those fires. But I feel like uh, business owners have this fires to put out mentality that never allows them to get up in the balcony of their lives and their business and look down at the dance floor and say, what's going on down there? What can we make better? What can we automate? What can I delegate? And then they stay in this cycle for week after week. And another year goes by and it's like, boy, I'm still in this rat race. It's amazing the amount of time that gets lost each day on various things that this is first. This is number one. I got to do this now. Oh, I got to take this time to address this issue. I'm the only one that can make this decision. And they've spent no time strategically to define who should be doing what I'm about to do. Why haven't I trained someone else to be accountable and responsible for doing this task? And how do I prevent this from happening in the future? Is it part of an ego thing as far as they feel that they're valuable then? Well, we could do a whole podcast on delegation, right? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And care and feeding of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And 
okay, so probably, probably personal answer to your question is yes. As to ego, um, I don't know if it's like I have to be shown as the most important person. I don't. I don't know if many business owners are really feeling that, but but that I have to set the pace. I have to model the way. Teams become shadows of their leaders. People wear that that badge, or maybe even wear that burden, so they feel like I've I've got to set up all the chairs because I want my people to see me doing all those things that I want them to do. So yeah, I, I get that. I also get the, it's going to just be faster if I just take care of it myself than to try to train someone to do it. Short-term payoff versus long-term payoff. And I struggle with this myself. I'm trying to bring on my first team members as a solopreneur. And it's like, nope, that's going to take too long to train somebody. I'm just going to do it. And we never get out of the pit then if we don't do that. So where have you seen, you know, where you've worked with a client that was struggling with this? What helps? You know, there was an author named Rory Vaden. He wrote a book called Procrastinate on Purpose. So just that title probably hooks a lot of listeners in like, ooh, I want to get that. I have permission to procrastinate. Yes. No, it's not what it means, though. And he says, you look at all this stuff on your plate and you take it task by task and you say, what can I eliminate first? So there has to be some time where you carve out, call it a personal retreat, where you've got to get away from the, the whirlwind, whether you go out to a cabin or you go to the beach or you, you just go to a beautiful place or to a coffee shop. And you just look at everything that's on your plate and you say, what can I eliminate? Like what does not need to be done? What's not being a payoff? Maybe one of those, those 20% of things that give us 80% of the payoff. Then you see, is there anything that I can delegate to my team, get off my plate so I can stay at 30,000 feet as a business owner? Because that's really what I've been promoted or why I got into this in the first place is because I like that, that big vision. Then what can you automate and how can we use technology as our friend and not our enemy so that we can just make things easier? Then it goes into this funnel, which he calls the focus funnel. And when it gets to the bottom of that, that's what we concentrate on and really put those into our calendar first. I like that. And then it's nice and concise and really calls into that pulling yourself away and looking at this from a high altitude and figuring out, okay, am I driving myself crazy by the way I do things? Mm-hmm. And it happens so often that they don't realize that the, their day is gone and they realize it was all stolen from them. They didn't master and schedule their own time. They didn't realize that all of this time was being stolen from their calendar. It just walked over everything they've done. So, What comes up occasionally is, well, who do I delegate this to? I don't have any extra capacity to pull on more people. I've got them maximized. Does it involve getting together on a team basis maybe and seeing who can do more or how we can distribute this or get processes in place? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a great principle of just being a team builder. A team leader is to learn and study your team find out their personality styles, find out their strengths, find out what maxes them out, find out what they could take on more. You do have those people on your team that's like, keep filling the plate, you know, bring on more, rawr, Uh, challenge, challenge, challenge. You got the other people that are going home with anxiety going, I got to look for another job. Like I am so overwhelmed. I keep using the word overwhelmed. So yeah, doing a strengths finder with your team to find out where their sweet spot is because they're going to produce double in their sweet spot. It's going to take twice as long in your weak spot. If I'm going to uh, offload a task onto someone, it's not going to be part of their development if they're weak in that area. So I think a team meeting, uh, a stand-up meeting every day to find out what's on people's plates, the weekly staff meeting, doing a check-in, 
to find out uh, where everybody's at with their workload. That's just being a sensitive leader and caring about your people and knowing who can take on more and who can't. So Paul, can you walk us through an example of your process and how this has turned into something that really works? Sure. So framework I'm using, I'm calling it the Fulcrum Framework for Focus. I know it's a lot of F words, but they're positive F words. And the the Fulcrum concept, it, the, the diagram is of a triangle and you picture a teeter-totter. I went to a workshop many years ago where the speaker was just uh, experienced burnout. He had to actually go to a monastery to chill out because he was said so many things coming at him as a CEO that he just completely burned out. And he talked about our lives as a teeter-totter. You know, you think about work-life balance, which isn't a real thing. And he said, instead of work-life balance, which you might be able to attain for five seconds and then you're out of balance again, think about it as work-like rhythm. And you take that fulcrum, the center triangle of that teeter-totter, and you push it towards work when that needs more emphasis. There's a big deadline a client needs you. You push it towards home when your children get sick or your parent goes into a assisted living or something and you've got to move it that way. But you never push it that way for too long because then the other side will suffer. And so I'm using that as a model, the fulcrum framework for focus. So it really begins with the foundation and figuring out what do you want more in life? And that's that quiet time where you got to get away and you've got to figure out, what do I need more in my life right now? I've got a form that's just like, what do I need more in my life now? It's like 35 words. You just circle it. Like, I need more focus. I need more challenge. I need more affection, you know, whatever it is in your life. And then I have my clients go out one year from now. What do you want to be different? And most people just don't take the time to do that because they're in the rat race. So they think about that one year out. And we just sort of backpedal from that and set goals or time management habits that are going to get them to that one year. A lot of people want to do the seminar, say, hey, just skip all that stuff and let's just get to the tips and tricks, right? <laughs> I want to just, just thought one thing today and I'm like, whoa, 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 we got to start back with the foundation. And then we've got to think about what are those big rocks that we have to put in your calendar first? That's an old Stephen Coveyism, the big rocks. And we've got to put those in our calendar first. Those are our big priorities, both in our life and at work. We've got to put those into our calendar first. So that's where I start with. Then I move into the top three that I could start with would be to, before you go to bed today, you pick your top three priorities for tomorrow. What are those big rocks for tomorrow? Get clear on those. It helps you with a hard stop for today. And it allows your brain to go into the subconscious mode as you sleep. So you wake up with fantastic ideas. <laughs> and then when you hit the ground in the morning, you don't scrounge around on your desk like, oh, what's top priority? Or you don't go into your email first. You actually hit those top three priorities. Because my second tip would be to front load those priorities into the morning. Don't allow procrastination to set in even for a moment because afternoons are runaway trains. Love that quote. Afternoons are runaway trains. And that's when other stuff comes up. And you got to kick it into the next day and you feel like, ah, oh, failure again. I procrastinated. And then the third one would be to make appointments with yourself. Make a focused block of time. One author calls it an F-bot. <laughs> Not an F-bomb, but an F-bot. Focused block of time where you're going to stick those big rocks into your calendar in an actual time frame. As if you were meeting with someone in a coffee shop or you had an appointment across town and you're going to honor that appointment with yourself. And when that nine o'clock comes up, you're going to start writing performance review for Jimmy. You're going to put everything aside. You're going to honor that appointment and you're going to actually get it done. That revolutionized my time management. 
So what about consequence though, right? Because, you know, where I see a lot of clients fall down is they try to work through similar things where they're calendaring and making these self-appointments. And sometimes it works on Monday, sometimes it works on Tuesday, but then Wednesday something happens. They have to break that appointment and then they have a hard time getting back on track. Yeah. So that's very real, right? What's the Mike Tyson quote? You know, plans are great until you get punched in the face. I think that is just so true that these are my best laid plans. Of course, if we can keep this structure going, we're going to hit that target, you know, maybe three out of five days, which is going to be better probably than what we're doing now. But yes, stuff comes up, emergencies happen. And what we have to do is then get back on the horse because really the self-management stuff, it is self-discipline. I mean, let's, let's face it. It's a constant struggle. It's a tension to manage. So what I do is the end of that day that sort of got blown to smithereens is I have a daily preview and that's when I set those priorities and I try to not lose those priorities, get them back in a time block as soon as possible so they don't fall off my radar. So that I don't wake up five days from now in the shower and go, oh my goodness, since I lost it on that day, now I have forgotten I got to go follow up with so-and-so. So I sort of stay in the moment or in that day by moving things around, and it's like a big Tetris game, you know, moving things around as a puzzle in my calendar to keep those priorities back on when they get bumped. Love hearing that structure. One of the things I've noticed is that a lot of business owners have different styles of handling interrupts. And it's one of those derailing the train kind of scenarios. Now, what have you found to be the most effective? No, it's a good question. Sort of break interruptions into four categories. You got the people interruptions, which is probably the one you're talking about. The paperwork ones, which I gave you a tip on that already. The email interruptions and then technology in itself. You know, everything buzzing and beeping at us. The people one is is really interesting. I heard it said once, uh, if you had a stack of $20 bills on your desk, corner of your desk, and someone came strolling in and tried to take one of those 20s off and leave, you'd be like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, those are my 20s. You know, put that back. But how often do we let people come in and steal 20 minutes of our time in chit-chat or just not getting to the point of things so that I can help them as a business owner? And we do this all day long. And research shows that it takes you almost 20 minutes to get back to your train of thought before that interruption happened. Oh my goodness, 20 minutes. And most managers get interrupted, you know, between what they say, 11 and 40 times a day. (laughs) So you multiply that times 20 and you're not going to get anything done in that day. So I do have a a couple of strategies that uh, I call exit strategies. You could try them, uh, try them out at work this week. One of them is when somebody uh, says, Hey, got a minute, which is of course, never a minute. You look at the clock, you look at your watch and you go, you know, actually I've got four minutes or seven or three. You pick an odd number, which tells that person, if they're somewhat self-aware, that you're on a schedule and they're, okay, let me quickly get to the point. Sometimes that one works. Uh, Another one is when they come into your office, uh, you stay standing. Even if they sit down, (laughs) you stay standing, which is again, a body language thing. Like this is not a long conversation, get to the point. A third one is to walk with me, say, walk with me to them. Like, hey, I'm just on the way to the office or I'm going out in the field or I'm headed to a meeting. Never, of course, never lie. You might be on the way to the restroom, but I've only had one person ever follow me into the restroom and keep talking. But usually you peel off from there and uh, that, that conversation then ends. So those are a few of the little tips and tricks for dealing with interruptions. 
I love the walk with me one. I've utilized that extensively and it gives me exercise during the day. <laughs> and it also gets me to that next area where I'm wanting to go anyway and talk with somebody else so that everybody sees that everybody's important, which is very beneficial. Appreciate and I think it. the mindset too around just honoring your own time, right? And recognizing that just as you use the analogy with the $20 bills, you know, that, that time, of course, is our most precious resource. So yep. uh, how are we being more deliberate about how we're allowing access to our time and sharing our time? Yeah, time's an equal opportunity employer, I like to say, right? So it's it's not a lack of time. It really is a lack of intentionality. And I love that word. Some people have made that their word for the year. You know, that's my theme is intentionality. Well, Paul, a lot of great plans get put into place to manage our time. And as business owners, we try to hit all of those so we can go home at a reasonable time during the day. And then it comes down to, well, there's nobody in charge of us but us as business owners. How do we hold ourselves from the standpoint of making sure this gets done? I would say accountability is huge. There's very few people in life that can get stuff done on their own with pure self-motivation and willpower, right? So accountability is huge. I would say for business owners, you've got to have, your team's got to be one of those. If you've got an administrative assistant or you've got a core team, as I mentioned before, like having that stand-up meeting and those check-ins, those one-to-ones, that's going to help you stay accountable. In the community, I think you probably need a business coach or a mentor that is going to ask you these kinds of questions to keep you on track and really cut through all the, the light talk to like, how are you managing your time these days? Are you focusing on the most important? Some business owners are mastermind groups where they've got other managers or business owners that are doing sort of the same thing they're doing, but in a different industry and they can be accountable to them. But we just have to have, you just have a success partner, just a, a friend who's going to, who loves you for who you are and they are for your success and they're going to ask you the tough questions and you're going to ask them the tough questions. But accountability is going to be one of the best ways to stay on track with your time management. Well, Paul, that's tremendous insight and really helpful tools that we can use, news we can use today and appreciate that. And I really appreciate you being on the show. It has been a pleasure and hopefully I've added value in some way to somebody listening today. Thank you so much. And is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I would love to give your listeners a free tool. I call it the Control My Calendar Checklist. And it's just a free way to get started on this journey. Well, it'll talk about a few of the things that I've talked about today. And it's just like, you know, I've really got to get my time management under wraps and uh, restore my sanity. So uh, your listeners can go to takebackmycalendar.com, takebackmycalendar.com, or they can text the word growing to 72,000, 72,000, text the word growing and we can get that to them. If they want any other resources, if I can be of value in any way, uh, my website is paulcasey.org and don't go to paulcasey.com because that's the professional golfer and I'm really just a duffer. So (laughs) paulcasey.org is the place that you want to go to for that. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey or Growing Forward Services on Facebook. Our guest today has been Paul Casey professional speaker and author in leadership and personal growth. You can learn more about Paul and find links to his website and offers all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 
As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.